I got to tell you guys, Pastor Stephen, your pastor has been so good to me, so good to me. He, he, if you don't know him personally, he is the real deal. And he has been so good to me, and he's been so good to me in uh, the hardest time of my life. In fact, this has been the single hardest year of my life. I don't know about your life, but for me, it's been the hardest 12 months that I remember in my entire life. My, my grandmother passed away. My 12-year-old nephew passed away. Uh, it, it's been rough. But you know, it's also been one of the greatest years of my life. And I don't know why. It's like you got one foot in the valley and one foot on the mountaintop. Anybody ever feel like that? Like there's some really great things and some, some really sucky things in life. And I'm like, God, can I just have two feet on the top for just a while? And my church, Impact Church, we released our first worship album. It's our very first one. And we were so excited about it. Our first song that we released, we released on November 11th. I want you guys to follow this. Follow with me. November 11th, we released a song called He is the Miracle. It features uh, Joel Barnes. Maybe you heard of Joel. He sings at Mav City and the song Promises. And so that song was released on Friday, November 11th. Then I preached on Sunday a sermon called He is the Miracle to go along with our song title. And we were watching our song on the iTunes charts start rising. And we've never done this before. So this is a miracle. The song rises on the iTunes charts and it goes into the top 100. Then it goes into the top 75. Then it goes into the top 50. Then it goes into the top 25. Then it goes into the top 10. Then it goes to number one, y'all. Number one on the iTunes charts. That was November 13th. And then November 14th, I suffered a brain aneurysm hemorrhagic stroke, a basal ganglia stroke. And so you see what I mean by it's been a great year, but it's also been one hell of a year. And these last 12 months have been, have been difficult. And doctors told my wife while I was in the hospital, you see, I had lost my speech. I'm a preacher. <laughs> You mean you tell me the devil doesn't specifically target your life where he knows your potential to change the world lies? I lost my speech. I lost my cognition and my memory. I couldn't remember my kids' names. The doctor asked me, what's your children's names? And I, I said, count it all joy. With tears in my eyes. I don't remember this moment. My wife told me. And the doctor said, what did he say? And my wife said, he said, count it all joy. It's a scripture. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work in you. That you may be perfect and complete. Not lacking. The doctor, the cardiologist, told my wife and I. Uh, told my wife and warned her that the effects of a basal ganglia stroke are irreversible. It's the single worst kind of stroke that you can have. And so I got to thinking, 
the stroke effects are irreversible. <laughs> hey, you really got to be careful who you listen to in life. You got to be wise and discerning about what and who you listen to. And you remember the verse in Proverbs chapter 4? Remember this verse? It says, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. You got to guard your eyes from what they could potentially see. You got to guard your ears from what they could potentially hear. You got to guard your mind from what it could possibly think. You got to guard your heart from what it could potentially feel. My wife, Natalie, she knew not to listen to that doctor because she knew what the great physician has already said. And the great physician has said that by my stripes you are healed. And the great physician has said that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. And I stand before you today, Union Church, as a living, breathing, walking testimony that my speech has come back, that my cognition has come back, that my memory has come back, that my feeling has come back, and that my strength has come back. And God has been reversing the irreversible because we serve a God who reverses the irreversible. Come on, anybody know what I mean? We serve a God who reverses the irreversible. And I, I just believe, I believe that if he did it for me, he'll do it for you. I believe if he did it for me, he will do it for you. Let me say it like this. Your situation I don't cry much because I'm a man. Somebody needs to hear this today. God's got you. He's got you. Whatever situation you're in. It might seem dead, but God's kind of known for raising dead things back to life. It might seem like you're at a dead end, but God has a way of making a way out of no way. It might seem like your situation, man, it's too late, it's too far gone, but your situation, it's irreversible. Because God is reverse able. I want you to look at somebody and tell them, God is reverse able. God is reverse able. God is reverse able. Would you write that down? God is reverse able. Father, we thank you for your word today, God. We thank you, God, that we have this privilege, God, of looking to your holy written word of God for life, for love, for guidance, for direction, for protection, for inspection. God, for redirection. We're grateful. God, we pray that you would speak to us today. God, I thank you for this amazing church. God, I thank you for this great move of God. I thank you for Pastor Stephen and Zai. God, bless them, their family, their babies. Continue to protect them. God, we love you in Jesus' name. We all say amen. Hey, y'all, give your worship team a round of applause all over the place. And all campuses, 
Welcome, welcome, welcome. We're glad this is a move of God, and it's not just one location move of God. Y'all are growing so fast. You're adding locations here, there, everywhere. Pastor Stephen was just telling me about to put a location on Mars uh, this summer. So you guys, this is a move of God. Tell somebody again, God is reverse able. I have seen God do reversals time and time again in my life that he takes what seems irreversible and then puts it in reverse and reverses it. He's become famous for reversing things. He built his reputation on reversing the irreversible. He turns crucifixions into resurrections. He brings dead things back to life. And I woke up this morning to tell you, and by the way, I'm on Arizona time. So I woke up at 5 a.m. your time. So I've been up since 2. Does that count? 2 a.m. And I woke up today and came to church to tell you that God can reverse your situation. He can reverse it. Listen, I'm a part of a family bloodline where God has reversed generational curses. There's all this talk about generational curses. Does anybody want to hear about generational blessings? Because I come from a family line where I've seen God set the alcoholic free. I've seen God set the drug addict free. I've seen cancer healed in my family. In the last year of my church, Impact Church, in the last year, I have seen God heal five stage four cancer patients in the last year. Totally healed totally healed. I've seen God raise marriages back from the dead. I've seen God put marriages back together that have even been divorced. I've seen God bring that prodigal child back home. I've seen God completely reverse the direction of somebody's life. He flips the script and pulls a 180 on you. Y'all know this verse in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a what? A new what? A new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come because he's the God of reversals. This happened in my life. I got saved at 17 years old. I was out partying. I got a DUI. I got arrested. I got taken to jail. Back of the police car. Not a great moment until my mama picked me up and led me to Jesus. And it became the best day of my life. Don't act like y'all don't drink. I know I can see right through some of you. As soon as I said alcohol, you're like looking down. I could tell too, this is the weed smoking service. I, I said, some of you, old, you, the weed, you wake and bake, baby. You bake to church. You're high as a kite right now. You're like, man, I got to get this joint out of my pocket before we leave this place. He, he takes your life and turns it completely around. He takes it and turns it completely around. The doctor told me after I was out of the hospital and I was sort of gaining some of this speech back. They were holding flashcards for me. This is a month, two months after holding flashcards. Tell me what this is. It's a volcano. This is four months ago. I couldn't even tell you what it was. A, a seahorse. They showed me a seahorse and I said, I, I know this, but I don't know this. It's a water horse. That's what I said. It's a water horse. They're like, it's close. I couldn't figure it out. 
I want to show you a picture from the hospital room. This picture right here is my wife and I, and we're in the hospital room. And this is this this end up this picture right here end up on the front page of our Arizona Republic, which is our biggest newspaper. You don't think God wants to get glory out of your story? And, 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 and I got this tattoo on my arm. You can see it right there. It says Yahweh. We didn't pose for that. You know, I'm not like, we were just hugging each other. My wife, my wife didn't know that she was ever going to get her husband back. God reverses. He reverses the irreversible. He makes believers out of non-believers. He makes mockers and turns them into ministers. He takes persecutors and he turns them into preachers and pastors. This is what happened to the apostle Paul. You remember Paul? He went and persecuted Christians, imprisoned them, drug them out of the houses, put them in jail. He was not a believer, had them killed until I want to read this to you in Acts chapter 9, verse 3. It says, as he was approaching Damascus on this mission, a light from heaven suddenly shone down around him, and he fell to the ground, and he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? Saul said, And the voice replied, I am Jesus, the one whom you are persecuting. Now get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. Sometimes God tells you to go before he tells you why. He he says, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Listen, by the way. Some of you in here, you feel an attack on your life, and the attack isn't even about you. It's about God and the God in you. And all the demons in hell are manifesting. And it feels like this person is against me and that person is against me. And you might feel persecution. It's not about you. Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? He didn't say, why are you persecuting my people? The Bible says these men with Paul, they were speechless. You and I would be speechless too. You're like walking down the road and find some Christians to persecute. Boom, a light shines. You fall to the ground. Audible voice, Travis, Travis, why are you persecuting me? And then all of a sudden I'm blind, completely blind and cannot see. You'd be tripping too. (laughs) But it says in three days later, he's going to get his his sight back. You know what? There's something about three days in the Bible. There's something about three days that Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days, that Jesus was in the belly of the earth for three days. Paul was completely blind for three days. Then God leads Paul to this prophet, Ananias. And it's cool because God had already given Ananias a vision to pray for Paul. To receive his sight again. At first Ananias wasn't about it. He's like yeah nah. Not that. God not that. A dude kills people like me. I'm not. Nah Lord. I don't want to pray. Give me somebody else to pray for. Give me somebody kind. I 
don't want to pray for somebody like that. That's terrifying. I'm afraid of doing it. You got to be kidding me. You know, you can say no to God. Did you know that? You can say no to God. That's your choice. You can say no to God for a variety of reasons. You can say no to God because you're afraid. You can say no to God because you're insecure. You can say no to God because you're uncomfortable. Or you can say yes to God, even though. You can say yes to God because when you say yes to God, it's not just about your life. Somebody else's healing depends on you saying yes to God. Somebody else's freedom depends on you saying yes to God. Somebody else's purpose, destiny, it depends on you saying yes to God. Nope, I'm not kidding, Ananias. I need you to pray for him. I need, I need you to lay hands on that brother. You ready for this? Nobody's ready for this? Anybody ready for this? <laughs> God tells Ananias, verse 15, Saul is my chosen instrument to take my message to the Gentiles and the kings as well as the people of Israel. Y'all missed it. He said, he's my chosen instrument. He ain't even saved yet. He ain't even saved yet. He's my chosen instrument. Union Church. Listen, Paul is not even a believer, yet God says, yeah, he's my guy. He's my chosen instrument. Everyone else sees him as persecutor, but I see him as a preacher. Everybody else sees him as a murderer, but I see him as a minister. Listen, listen, listen. Everybody else on planet Earth might see you a certain type of way. They might see you as a failure. They might see you as an addict. They might see you as insecure. They might see you as a liability. They might see you broken, but thank God. God does not see you the same way the rest of the world sees you. God God sees you. God sees things in you that you don't even see in you. And God is, God is, woo, God is, he is that incredible. And you're the chosen one. God chooses you. God chooses you. He chooses you. He knew that the very person trying to destroy the church would be the perfect person to build the church. He knew that the very person locking believers up would be the perfect person to set people free. And you're God's chosen instrument. I want you to write that down. You're God's chosen one. Hey, like Paul you may not even know it yet, but you're his chosen instrument. You may be here or listening to this message somewhere around the world. You're not even saved yet, but you're God's chosen instrument. And God knows what he's doing. And God knows who, God knows who you are. God knows who you were. God knows what you did. He knows what you done did yesterday, this morning before church. He saw that. <laughs> and you're still his choice. 
when I was a kid, we'd play basketball at the park and be in middle school, high school, playing hoops at the park, playing pickup games. And the way they play pickup games, you show up to the park and, like, they have captains. I'll be the captain. They're usually self-appointed. I'm the captain. I am the captain now. And so it's like, I got him or the captain. I got him or the captain. I got her. I got her. And then you fill your team up with five. There's like 15 kids left over. You might have felt like the 15 kids left over your whole life, but you're God's number one. You were his number one choice. I, I want that person on my team because you're his chosen one. You're his chosen one. You're his chosen one. And God knows that the things you've been through, God knows your background. He knows your history. He knows your experiences. He knows it's the perfect. You're just like Paul. Paul had the perfect background, the perfect history, the perfect education, the perfect experience to take God's message to the Jews and the Gentiles, to the rich and the poor, to the powerful and the powerless. Remember we said, he said, Saul is my chosen instrument to what? To take my message to the Gentiles and to the kings, as well as the people of Israel. He knows your background, your story, your history, your experiences. You're the perfect person that God wants to use to give people Jesus. He knows those things that have bound you will set others free. will set others free. He chooses you. He chooses you. He chooses you. You might have felt overlooked, but God, he didn't look you off. He's your, you're his choice. You're not overlooked. God has been hiding you. You weren't rejected. You were protected. He sees you. He sees you. He sees you. His eye has always been on you. God has a far bigger plan for you than that relationship that didn't work out. God has a bigger opportunity than the one that fell through. God has a bigger, listen, some of y'all, you're bigger than the little town you grew up in. Stretch your vision. Stretch that vision out. God chooses you. He knows everything about you is perfect for what he needs from you. I believe this. I want to prophesy to you this morning. I believe that one day in the near future, you'll look back and you'll be able to say, thank you, God, for hiding me. First Peter 2 9 says, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Remember Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10, it calls you God's masterpiece. God was going to do a reversal with Paul, the persecutor, and make him into Paul, the preacher. <laughs> this is good, y'all. Look at this. Acts 19, Acts 9, verse 17. Uh, bless you. Unless that was COVID. <laughs> then that's a problem. <laughs> so Ananias went and found Saul, brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road, has sent me to you that you might regain your sight and be filled, be filled with the Holy Spirit. 
Instantly, somebody say instantly, instantly something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he regained his sight and then he got up and he was baptized. I love this so, so much. I love this so much because God is after you and he is not going to let up. He's chasing you and he's not going to stop chasing you. God is speaking to you and he's not only speaking to you, he wants you to have an encounter. He loves you so much that he's going to speak to you and just in case you aren't listening, He's going to speak to someone else to speak to you about you. <laughs> you know, some of you are trying to make a major decision in your life. Some of you are trying to hear from God. You're like, I can't hear God, man. I don't know. He ain't said nothing to me. I can't hear God. <laughs> your notifications are off. You turn them notifications back on. There's about 900 messages waiting for you. He's been trying to tell you over and over and over. But some way, we have a funny way of seeing life the way we want to see life. And he'll send you a messenger. He'll send you a man of God, a woman of God. He'll send you a pastor, a preacher, a prophet. He'll send you a sign, a wonder, a miracle. He'll send you an encounter. It says instantly, verse 18, instantly, instantly, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he regained his sight. That's how fast an encounter with God can change your life instantly. You don't have to wait for it instantly. I want you to write this down. Number three, number three, God's presence can change me instantly. You know why God's presence can change you instantly is because that's where God's power is. I'm not here to talk to you about 12-step process programs. I'm here to talk to you about one-step power. I'm here to tell you that God is a God of instantly. He's a God of instantly. That's how fast he can change your life instantly. That's how fast he can turn your situation around instantly. That's how fast he can heal your body instantly. That's how fast he can heal your mind instantly. That's how fast he can change your marriage instantly. That's how fast he can fix your financial situation instantly. That's how fast he can calm the anxiety in your head instantly. That's how fast he can free you from that addiction instantly. If you get into the presence and to the power of God and have an encounter... Oh, an encounter. Instantly, the book of John, chapter 9, Jesus was walking along and he saw a man that was blind from birth. And he spits on the ground and he makes some mud with saliva and he put it on the man's eyes and he told him, go wash in the pool of Siloam, which means scent. I'm just saying, I just read that and we just like kind of glazed over it, but just think about that for a minute. Jesus, I'm blind. You know, Jesus walking through, he sees blind dude, like can't see since birth. He can't see since birth. Jesus spits on the ground <laughs> and takes the dirt and makes it mud and then like shoves it in the dude's eye sockets. You know what I mean? He still can't see. <laughs> That was cool, but I'm still blind. And now I have mud in my eyes. And Jesus is like, now go wash. See, there's a story in here that somebody needs to hear. hear. The message is that you're waiting on God to part the seas. God's waiting on you to walk into the sea. Then he'll part the sea. 
So he goes and he washes, and then he receives his vision again. He's blind since birth, since birth, forever. I've only known this. I can't, I've never been able to see. Some of our trials are just like that. They've been in our lives for so long that I don't know if I'll ever be able to see. God, it's always been this way forever. Since birth, we can't see any other way. And instantly he can see. And his friends and the people nearby and his neighbors are like, isn't this the man who used to sit and beg? Let me tell you something. Don't ever get used to who I used to be because God is changing me. Don't put me in a box. Don't put your wife in a box. Don't put your husband in a box. Don't put your friend in a box. God is changing me. And I was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. Nah, I'm not everything that God wants me to be, but I'm also not who I used to be. And just because it's been that way forever doesn't mean that it'll be that way forever. Because an encounter with God Instantly, it says instantly something like scales fell from his eyes. When I think of scales, I think of snakes. He was deceived. He was blind. I think of, I think of snakes. You know, snakes have scales. I think of Genesis 3 where it says that the serpent tempts Eve. I think of where the Bible calls the devil the father of lies, where it says the enemy's purpose is to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I, I think of I think of Revelations 12, where it says he's the deceiver of the world. I think of 2 Corinthians 11, where it says he disguises himself. He masquerades himself as an angel of light. He puts something in your life that looks so good. You want it so bad. You're like, man, that girl's fine. She's the devil in disguise. Man, that boy, I love him. Yeah, man of God, look the way he lifted his hands in church. That's a disguise. <laughs> Some of y'all, I got bad news for y'all. You're dating a disguise. <laughs> yeah. You're court, courting a costume. <laughs> he deceives us. That's his, whole, that's his whole mission is to confuse you. You know what I've learned about people being deceived? That when you're deceived, you don't know you're deceived. You're so convinced. You're so convicted by what you believe. Paul, he's so convicted. He's so convinced. He's like, nah, that's, Jesus ain't the way. Until, until one moment with God, one encounter with the power of God, and he will never be the same. And the scales fell. That's what salvation is. 
I was lost, but now I'm found. I, I was blind, but now I see. I couldn't see it before, but now it's as plain as day. It's all I can see. It's literally right in front of my eye. The scales fell, and Paul gives him his vision back. He gives him his vision back. But it's more than just his physical eyesight. He gives him the vision for his life, his purpose, his destiny. And listen, Union Church fam, whatever situation you find yourself in today, I want you to know he is the miracle and he reverses the irreversible. And what he's done for me, he will do for you. Would you bow your heads with me and let's close in prayer today. Father, we thank you for this great day. God, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your grace. God, we thank you, God, that the atmosphere changes when your presence, when your power is near. If you're here today and maybe you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, maybe you're not saved yet. Maybe Maybe you said, man, this message is for me because I've tried everything. I mean, I've chased relationship. I've chased money. I've chased success. I've chased popularity. I I've tried it. I've tried alcohol. I've tried the parties, the clubs. I've tried drugs. You know what? I, I, I feel empty. Because all of that, all of that leaves you feeling empty. Only God can fill the hole in your soul. Only God can fulfill the desires of your heart and give you the desires of his heart. If you're here today and you want to give your life to Jesus Christ, the Bible says in Psalm 51 verse 7, purify me from my sins and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. If that's you today, you said, that's me today. I want to surrender my life to Jesus Christ. Would you put your hand up so I can see you? Would you put your hand up real quick? I want to give my life to Jesus Christ today. I surrender my life. I want to become a Christian. You may not even know totally what it means, and that's okay. I didn't either. It's, a, it's called a step of faith for a reason. A step of faith. I, I believe. I'm not even sure everything about what I believe, but today I believe. I see you. I see your hands. Anybody else? Anybody else? Let's do this. Let's pray as a church family, all campuses together. If you're watching online, pray, pray right there from your house, from your car. But I want you to repeat this prayer after me today. Dear Jesus, today I give you my life. I want to live for you because you died for me. Thank you for unconditional love, a love with no strings attached. Thank you for the cross and dying for my sins. God, I pray for our Union Church family, Lord. We just thank you for your love. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your power. We thank you for this move of God. 
We just pray, I pray blessings on blessings on everybody listening to this message today, God. I pray blessings and favor and goodness and mercy. God, for Pastor Steve and Pastor Zai, God, bless them and their babies. God, put a hedge and keep that hedge. Build the hedge bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger around their lives to protect them. Lord, you said in Genesis 50 verse 20 that you can take what the enemy meant for evil and turn it for good. So today, God, we ask you, turn it for good. We pray this in Jesus' name. We all say amen amen how about a round of applause for everybody who lifted their hand to say i want to give my life to jesus congratulations i'm so proud of you union church god bless you